welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 90. So today I'm exploring the concept of creating an environment of intellectual comfort in your museum and gallery programs. But before we get started, a quick mention of last week's episode, which was with artist and museum educator Hannah Cushion. We explored how museum labels tell us one story, but what if the objects themselves could talk? And how do we encourage people to include their own stories and experiences when we talk about objects? I had a great chat with Hannah, so do go and listen to episode 89 if you haven't already. And as always, this show thrives on your support. So if you'd like to be a supporter of the show, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea with milk on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. And you can also help this podcast reach more people, we're at 90 episodes now, 10 away from 100, by posting about this show on your own social media accounts and by sharing, liking and commenting on my social media feeds. Do recommend The Art Engager to all your friends too. Thank you for all the support. It helps to keep this show going and growing. Thank you. So let's get on with today's show. So in today's episode, I'm exploring the concept of creating intellectual comfort in your programs. We'll explore what it is and why it's important for your programs and a few ways that you can create this with your participants. Now, in my book that I'm currently writing and editing, I have a chapter dedicated to creating a collaborative culture in your programs. And as part of this chapter, I'm talking about safety, how important it is to make your participants feel not only psychologically safe, but also intellectually safe. So we know museums can be scary places. They can be intimidating. Even walking through the front doors of a museum can be intimidating. That threshold fear, let alone joining a tour or knowing how to engage with the collections within. You know, how am I supposed to act? How am I supposed to walk or to feel? What do I do? How do I do it? What are the codes here? Why does everyone seem to know what they're doing and I don't? and so on. So many people feel that museums are not places for them, that there's a prerequisite amount of information required before you can enjoy being in a museum. And this is particularly prevalent in art museums and around art in general, that feeling of needing to know something about it in order to enjoy it. You'll remember back in episode 74 with Ben Street, we discussed this very thing on the podcast. You don't need to know anything about art to enjoy it. Now, as a museum educator and facilitator, 
I want to make sure that all of my participants feel comfortable with whatever information or knowledge, if any, that they have prior to starting their program with me. So this means whether they're starting with zero knowledge or consider themselves experts and everything in between. On any given museum or gallery program, you can have a wide variety of differing levels of knowledge in your group. This also sits alongside lots of different motivations for being there. And your job as a facilitator is to ensure that everyone feels confident and able to participate fully in your program, whatever their motivation or their knowledge level upon arriving. And this is what it means to create intellectual comfort on a museum or gallery program. As an aside, creating intellectual comfort doesn't mean that you may not try at times to push gently beyond the levels of comfort so that your participants can discover new things. It doesn't mean that your program should be without any intellectual challenge because we know that comfort zones rarely give rise to a lot of learning. But when you engage in discussions with your participants in the museum, you're never 100% sure where the discussion might go. It's essentially open-ended. Even though you may have some parameters in place, such as a theme or an idea that guides the program, it is essentially open-ended. And this means that there will be moments of discomfort and wondering, and these will sit alongside moments of discovery and aha moments. And the moments of discomfort may come from perhaps hearing opinions or perspectives that are different to yours, or they may be when you've realised that you've changed your thinking as a result of the process. Or they could be when you're struggling, really struggling, to make sense of something, such as an artwork. But at the same time, in any discussion-based program, there will be highs, there'll be wow moments or aha moments, light bulb moments even, and moments when you're amazed by what someone else has just said and you're nodding along. So what we're aiming for here with intellectual comfort is for us participants to feel secure in the first place so that they can learn new things. Not feeling comfortable in a museum or on a museum program means that your participants won't take part so readily and they might not participate and therefore their potential to learn new things and enjoy themselves is undermined. So what is intellectual comfort? Well, I did a little bit of research and some digging and I found this great definition in an essay by Ashby Butner. Now, I'll link to the article in the show notes as I really recommend reading it. It says, I imagine this feeling of comfort as similar to feelings of relaxation and belonging, free of stress and doubt while being entertained, amused or satisfied in some way. Now, that's the feeling that you're looking for. You want people to feel comfortable in your programs. So intellectual comfort means creating a warm, inviting space where participants feel they belong 
regardless of what they know or what brought them to the museum in the first place. Intellectual comfort means valuing and appreciating participants' ideas and making them feel at ease at their present knowledge level. And even the idea of discussion-based programs can make some people feel uncomfortable. So, for example, if you're only used to taking part in traditional-style walk-and-talk guided tours where the museum guide talks at you for an hour or more, and then you're being asked to participate in something and share your thoughts, it can be a little bit intimidating. Likewise, if your experience at school was one where the teacher stood at the front and transmitted information for your absorption or memorization, then again, a discussion-based program being asked to share what you think about an artwork can feel like a tall order. So it's important for everyone to feel that your program is a place for them so that they feel at ease and comfortable. So why is intellectual comfort important? So fear, insecurity, apathy, and many other things may get in the way of your participants talking, may get in the way of them sharing their thoughts, their contributions, and asking questions on your programs. And in this article I also read for this episode by Trevor Barber, he talks about creating intellectually safe classrooms. And he says, intellectual safety encourages respectful relationships, meaningful learning environments and productive disagreement. So it's very much about creating a positive environment where everyone is respected. And referring back to Ashby Butner again, she also says that intellectual safety is not simply about feeling comfortable. Rather, she says, it's a feeling of trust in oneself and one's community to honestly and genuinely engage in thinking. Now, you'll find that participants are more willing to participate knowing that their thoughts and comments will be taken seriously. So when they feel that the environment is intellectually comfortable, they're happy to demonstrate their curiosity without fear of worrying what people will think. Everyone feels welcome and that they have a place. Everyone feels heard and that they're a part of the process of discovery. Everyone can contribute no matter what their level or background And trust is key here. So when the atmosphere and the environment that you create on your programs is safe, trust grows. And when you have trust, participants will have more courage and inclination to share their thoughts, ideas and feelings too. So how can you create this environment and atmosphere of intellectual comfort? So here are some ideas for fostering it on your programs. So the first one is, it all starts with you. Now, as these things often do, it's all about your commitment to creating a positive space on your museum and gallery programs where your participants feel comfortable to share their thoughts and ideas. So make this a priority. The second idea is to use your introduction. 
So use your introduction to find out information about your participants to see where they're at. So in a four-part introduction, which I talk about in episode 44, you include time to connect to your participants and ask them questions about themselves. So at this point, you're finding out what they know about the museum, its collection, the subject matter of the tour. What do they know in advance? What don't they know? How do the levels differ in the group? Now, you won't find everything you need to know in your introduction, but it will give you time to assess some basic information about where your guests are coming from and use this time wisely. Show genuine curiosity. So continue to learn about your participants as the program continues. Demonstrate a genuine, and I mean genuine, curiosity in them and what they know or don't know. Next, don't make any assumptions. And by this, I mean assumptions about prior knowledge. And I hear and see this regularly on tours that I'm observing. These are normally uh, well-meaning and well-intended comments from guides or museum educators about what they think that participants already know about history and art history. Don't assume anything. Just because you know that doesn't mean everyone in the room does. And if you make assumptions, they really can prevent people from participating. Uh, The next one is don't use jargon. So every field has its own jargon or language, specialist language that is used. Everyone who has expertise in an area gets used to this common language that is used by the experts in the field. And then when you're trying to share information about your subject or ask a question about it to someone, this person may or may not be knowledgeable about these things and they may or may not know this specialist language. So we have to realise that we have to communicate our expertise in simple, clear language. And the reason for this, the reason we don't use jargon is because we want the most number of people to understand what we're saying or asking. So just because you know these terms and they're a regular part of your language doesn't mean that your audience understands them. Um, You may also not even know that you're using jargon. It may be so normal to you to speak this way that you're not aware that you're doing it. So when when you talk about perspective or composition in art, does your group really understand what you mean? And when you mention certain isms, does everyone know what that ism is that you're talking about? So... Jargon is a gatekeeper and it can really prevent people from participating. It doesn't create an environment of intellectual safety. So avoid acronyms, acronyms, if I can say it right, technical terms, archaic language. And if you must use jargon or an uncommon phrase, provide definitions or analogies to simplify them. Explain what you mean by perspective or composition. 
Um, you can also ask someone in your field who's not in your field to participate in one of your sessions and get them to tell you whether you do use jargon frequently. And if you want to know more about this, do listen to episode 48 on 10 types of questions you should never ask. Next is get your group talking and as soon as possible. Get your groups used to talking in the museum and with the people they're with at that moment in time and use low threshold activities to get them talking straight away on your programs. Things like observation-based activities and discussions. Use slow looking to get everyone focused and commenting. Uh, you can raise the bar and the level as your program continues and as the group warms up and levels of confidence rise. And next one is to encourage questions and wonderings throughout. So we've talked about this before, but asking for wonderings and things your group are, group are puzzling about on a regular basis really helps you to know what your participants are thinking and what they're looking to find out more about. This will help you to understand the differing levels in your group. And finally, let the group know that we're all in it together. So if you let the group know that this is this program with you is a communal journey of group discovery, they will feel more at ease. They will feel part of something. That intellectual comfort will come. And the more input that your group puts into the program, the more they're going to get out of it as well. So that's it for today. A few thoughts on creating an environment, an atmosphere of intellectual safety. I'd love to know how you create this on your programs. Do get in touch with me and let me know. And by the way, if you're interested in using thinking routines, I've just updated my ultimate thinking routine list for 2023. There are now over 120 thinking routines on the list. I'll add a link in the show notes. Thanks for listening today. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.